scripture reading today is from John 11. Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cake, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be seated. So good to see you this morning. It's so good to see everyone online. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we are so grateful that, that we can be together, whether it's in this room or as you are joining us from your house. We thank you for being here today. We're going to be talking about John 11, and we're gonna, I'm going to do a little bit of a recap uh, concerning what we talked about last week, and then we're going to be talking about the scripture that Brandon shared with us. In John 11, um, Jesus was with his disciples, and they were across the Jordan, and he was there, and he received word that Lazarus had become ill, and his, the sisters, Mary and Martha, had said, Lord, who you love is ill. And they were asking him to come, and Jesus tarried several days and then decided to go to Bethany. And that was a problem because they were, the Jewish leaders were trying to kill him. And so it wasn't a small thing for him to go back to Bethany. So he did, and Martha met him and said, Lord, if you had been here, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then after a conversation, Jesus said, you know, that he was the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall never die. Um, and then Martha gave an incredible proclamation of, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. Mary then came out and the very same phrase, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So they go to the tomb. Um, Jesus weeps. And that's pretty much where we left it last week, and then Brandon shared the scripture with you today. A couple of points about the scripture, and then I'd like to share a few other things. Um, two different times it says in this passage, the dead man. That was his identity. The, it is twice in the scripture, says the dead man. Um, Jesus told them to take away the stone, and Martha protested. She said, Lord, you know, it's been four days. Four days is very significant because there had not been a healing 
in that amount of time. There had been immediate healings. There had been healings within, you know, like a few hours, but there had not been a healing with four days. Jewish people felt like in three days, the spirit was gone from the body. So four days is significant. Um, in the King James Version, it always amuses me, and this may be my snarky sense of humor or whatever, but, but Martha said, Lord, he stinketh. You know, and, and so it's like, okay, so uh, look it up, I promise, it's there. Just find that very interesting. You know, and, and he said, you know, will you, did you not understand, do you not know that you're going to see the glory of God, that I told you, you would see the glory of God. So he prayed out loud, they're standing there at the tomb, he prayed out loud, and, and in part was talking about, God, I'm praying out loud, I know you hear me, you have always heard me, but I'm doing this so these around, and those were Jewish people from Jerusalem that had come to grieve with Mary and Martha that they might believe. And so he calls Lazarus by name, Lazarus, come out. I heard one pastor say that he called him by name because if he had just said, come out, there would have possibly been many more coming out, which probably would have created no small stir. He says uh, that he was bound by his hands and feet. Now, Part of, part of the history of this is when they would prepare a body, they would put in spices with it too. And you may remember in one of the accounts after Jesus died on the cross, they talked about, talked about 75 pounds of spices to wrap in with the body. And they wrapped the legs straight and the arms and even your mouth. And so he was bound. It wasn't a small thing. He was bound in hands and feet. Um, don't know your theology on mummies, <laughs> or if you watch the creepy shows, you know, I do not, because, you know, certain things are scary enough without looking at stuff like that. Um, years ago, when Robert was about three, he is here today, I'm very grateful, um, he, he was three and we were going to eat, and it was one of those fine dining establishments called CC's. You know, where kids, I don't know if they ate free or they ate for a dollar, but it was a deal, right? And it was, it was late October, and so many of the different, you know, homes had these lovely decorations up, you know, that primarily scare young children. But on one door, there was a mummy. And as we're passing it, I'm just hoping he's not looking at it, you know? And he goes, look, it's Tape Boy, you know, he pointed. Now, he has learned more about that since then. You know, he was three. And so Lauren begins to start educating him on the finer parts of mummies. And I'm just like, let it be Tape Boy for one more year. You know, <laughs> let's just go with Tape Boy. So the binding was really significant. Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. So he was totally bound. I don't know how it works when you're totally bound, hands and foot, and how you get out of the tomb. I don't know how you get out of the tomb with that kind of weight wrapped around you. But it says that, that Lazarus came forth. Now, I want you to think about being in the crowd. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what it would be like to even begin to hear stirring in the tomb. You know, a little creepy, if we're honest. And then Lazarus comes out bound head and foot with a cloth over his head and Jesus says unbind him and let him go now think about 
going from sorrow to incredible surprise to joy. And other people in the crowd had to unbind him. He couldn't do it himself. He couldn't, like, spin, you know. I mean, he, had to, he needed help. And it was community that helped him, right? His friends, his sisters, they helped. And I want to talk today about how we need community and, and how we need help sometimes with unbinding, uh, binding the wounds and then unbinding. Um, comparisons are made between this and Jesus dying on the cross and then being put in the tomb and then the resurrection. Um, in Jesus' case, the stone was already gone. The strips of linen and cloth in the Amplified, it says they were neatly lying there and the face cloth was folded or rolled up by itself in a different place. So my daughter, the theologian, said Jesus made his bed. Okay? So that's a joke if y'all didn't get it. But, you know, the, the very fact that they made point of that in the scripture, um, Jesus made his bed. There's also a thing with the Passover about the cloth being left by itself and folded up, that, that that's an indication of he will return, that he's coming back. So the incredible thing of, of the resurrection, I want you to think about the crowd that viewed Lazarus. Many of them would have been at the cross, and that maybe was like a week later. This was right at the time of Jesus going to the cross. And imagine Mary and Martha watching Jesus on the cross, knowing he had just raised their brother. When people, when there are miracles, it is, it is for the glory of God. It is not for us to go, we're so cool because somebody got healed. It's not us, it's him. He is, we are the vessel, and he's the one that does the work. I want to talk about a few things that talk about what keeps us bound and I, I know we're not like in linen cloth or whatever, but what are things that can keep us from being all that God wants us to be? I would say the first thing that came to my mind is unforgiveness. And I know that's not an easy thing to talk about, but it's true that if there is unforgiveness, um, it can really hinder what God wants to do in healing. I'm not saying that whatever happened that upset you was right. It can be absolutely wrong. This is not about reconciliation. This is about doing what God told us to do in forgiving. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a decision, not an emotion. If it were an emotion, we would never do it, right? So we decide to forgive. We decide to walk in forgiveness. Maybe there's some sin, and I know I talked about this last week, in the sense of don't talk to people if they're needing healing. Well, is there sin in your life? Because there's sin in all of our lives, right? I mean, we are sinners, biblical, all that kind of stuff. If you're not, talk to me afterwards. I'd like to know. Um, but is there something, I'm not talking about some horror, but has God told you to do something that you just kind of said, oh, let's put it on the shelf. I'll get back to it later. Has he told you to do something that you haven't done? This last week, um, or two weeks ago, there's a lady that lives directly across the street from me, and she goes to Prestonwood Baptist Church. She's a believer, a uh, great lady. And I was taking, uh, yay, verily, we are continuing to work in the heart. And that's an, like an ongoing blessing kind of stuff. I'm being snarky. But anyway, it, you know, we're, so I was taking stuff to the curb, 
and she was out working in her yard, but her back was to me. And I felt like the Lord said, go and say hi. And I was like, well, her back is to me. And so I made one more trip, like in a minute. And um, I could tell it was like, okay, you have a choice here. And so I went over and talked to her, and we talked a little bit and talked about she's going back to church too. She said, it's just so good to be back in church and, and all of that. We visited for a little bit. But I really, I mean, true confession struggled with that of just going and saying hi to the lady that's across the street. This week I was leaving for work and I was about to get into the garage. It was right by the washing machine. This was a highly spiritual moment. That's why I'm describing it. And as I, as I was reaching for the door, I felt in my head, you need to make that call. And I knew who he was talking about. Um, and I did. And I don't want you to think I procrastinated. That was like last Monday and I did it last night at 8 o'clock. But... I made the call, you know, and it was a blessing. I mean, it wasn't a root canal without Novocaine. It was a blessing, but I needed to make that call. There are some situations where there is not reconciliation, but you do, you do what God has asked us to do in forgiveness. Sometimes fear keeps us bound. I don't know about you, but if I start looking more at the problem then to God, fear can get me pretty fast. And so I just encourage you to think about that. Sometimes something that happened that you do not understand, some things are beyond our understanding, but can we trust God in it, and can we trust him to heal us in it? Hurtful experiences, focusing on the problem and not on God. Sometimes anxiety and depression can keep us bound. And, and I'm not saying if you have depression or if you have anxiety, that's a problem, like there's a problem for you. I am saying that asking God to be a part of that situation so that we can be free. You may still struggle with depression. I get that. I get that. But you may still struggle with it, but at the same time, you put it in God's hands. You've asked God to be a part of the situation that you're dealing with. Healing is for God's glory. And spiritual gifts are to make us useful, and they should always glorify God. In Acts 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the, the verse says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. It was about God. It was totally about God. And for peoples of the earth to come to know him, to understand the power of the resurrection. We are only vessels. C.S. Lewis was considered one of the greatest minds of the 20th century. And the writings, you may have read some of his writings and some of the things he's written. Sometimes when he would preach, it was, like, amazing. And people would just go on and on about how good he was. And he said, you know, God also spoke through a donkey, you know, which kind of kept things in perspective for him. i also let you know, for those of you that are good at math, C.S. Lewis really struggled with math, and he failed the test twice to get into Oxford. And the reason he got in was after World War I, there were not enough men to be a part. And so, and he also didn't drive, for those of you that, you know, I mean, awesome guy, incredible mind, but he struggled like we struggle. Here's the point. Do we let the pain or trauma that we may have experienced be a pivotal point in our life? Often that we experience life-changing things, 
that's a given. But can we let God bring healing into it so the pain is not a pivotal point, but his healing can be a pivotal point in our lives? Now, again, that's a process. And that is part of people helping us take off the grave clothes when we have gone through things that are difficult. And that's being in God's presence and letting him bring healing, holding on when we want to let go. But can we let his healing, his redemption be a part in our lives? And that be the pivotal part rather than whatever the trauma was. That is not to make light of, of horrible situations. It is to ask God to redeem horrible situations. Our love for God is measured by obedience to him. John 14, 15, and then he goes on, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then he goes on to talk about how he will send the Holy Spirit. And friends, that's really, really what we need in this day and time. Because you, I talked to a gentleman Friday, Thursday, maybe, uh, who probably is watching the news too much. But he was just saying it just seems like so much is wrong. And I agree with him, but we pray. And God is doing things we can't see yet. But God is still doing things even though we can't see. We're going to be taking communion in a few minutes. And in that, we need to prepare our hearts, and, and we'll go through the different parts of communion. But I just want you to think, while we're not coming here to kneel, I want you to think about all that means. And that, you know, we're remembering what he did on the cross for us. We're remembering not only his death, but his resurrection and his ascension. And we're remembering as we take communion that he brings healing to us. That when we pray, Francis McNutt said, when we pray, God is doing something. We may not be able to see it, but God is moving. God is moving. So I would like to, um, it was so good to see Brandon on the screen, and I would just like to pray for a minute, and then we'll go into the confession. But um, pray with me. God, we thank you for your touch in our lives, whether it is in an instant or whether it is a process or whether it is in the resurrection. And God, we choose you and we choose to bring glory to your name. And Lord, we do pray for healing in however it is needed for everyone in this room, for people watching. God, that you would move by your spirit. And I pray, Lord, your presence would just surround Brandon Knight, our friend who has been in isolation for so long. Lord, fill the room where he is. And we pray healing for Brandon in the name of Jesus. And God, we pray that you would be with Ruby Ziegler, that you would be with her in the hospital room where she is, and that you would fill that place with your spirit. And she would know she is not alone, that you were with her. God, we pray for all of those that may be ill in any way. Lord, that you would bring healing and we glorify your name. We pray, Lord, for Amalia and Chris. And pray, God, your presence would fill their house and encourage them. 
Lord, that you would speak to them and bring healing. Healing. In Jesus' name. Lord, it is in your name that we ask that you unbind or that we as a community unbind those that need that. We ask, Lord, for your provision. We thank you, Lord, for your promises that are true. We thank you, God, for healing and the resurrection and what you went through on the cross so that we might be healed. We honor you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.